Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Sports Daily on this Friday ahead of the Super Bowl. Wyatt Thompson joins us. Real quick, Wyatt, before we get into uh, K-State hoops this weekend, who are you picking in the Super Bowl? Oh, you got to go with the Chiefs, right? I, I, I just can't go against Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, so impressed with him being there on two fronts, one for the last five years, and then getting there by winning road games at Buffalo and at Baltimore. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? I do. I do. This will be the yeah. toughest challenge. We're with you. We both we both have them, too. And, you know, sometimes yeah. that logic is sound, right? And it's where it's worked out for him. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fantastic. You got hey, you'll be pretty close to Vegas out there, at least a lot closer than you are from here out there in Utah. Are you yeah. ready for the trip? Is this your first time to BYU? Actually, no. Uh, back in what I describe as my previous life at Colorado State before I came to K-State, I had been to Provo many, many times. Um, a lot of years we were in the whack together there and then later in the Mountain West. And it, I, I will tell you this, I think K-State fans are going to enjoy going out there. I, I've heard of, of a few already making plans to go out there this fall for football. Um, it, it's a very unique place, obviously. Uh, it's a picturesque setting. Uh, their basketball arena is just a little less than 18,000 and they normally pack it. They've got a really good team this year and football is just such, the setting is so great because it's right there, you know, at the Wasatch mountains. And it's, it's one of the best venues in the country from my perspective. So yeah, I I think our fans are going to love it. Man, you know what's crazy, Wyatt? The metrics love BYU basketball this season. And, you know, I, I haven't really watched a lot of their games. I mean, I know they're brand new in the conference. What do we know about yeah. BYU and what kind of challenge awaits the Wildcats? Well, I'll tell you what really stands out. Um, everybody talks about the prowess with the three-point shooting. They make, not take, make about 12 threes a game. That, that's pretty impressive. But if you dig deeper and, and start to analyze them, I think you have, you have a very veteran team, which is always good. You have really good balance. Um, and, and I think I counted six guys that averaged double figures. I did an interview with uh, some of their guys out there at an ESPN radio station in Provo yesterday, and they said, uh, do, you, do you know of anybody in the league that 
that is like BYU in terms of that balance as opposed to having a, a Hunter Dickinson or somebody like that up top. And the only team that I could think of maybe would be maybe Baylor. Um, but you get the idea. They're, they're balanced. They're veteran. They shoot the three. But here's one thing that I'll tell you. They're more physical than you think they are. They're better defensively than you think they are. And with Ali Khalifa back, he's missed the last two games with an illness, and he's expected to play in the game tomorrow night. They literally have what our coach said last night on his radio show is the best passing big man in the country. So (laughs) there's a reason why those people like their metrics. They're pretty good. Yeah, well, so how does that match up then, do you think, for K-State, though, Wyatt? You know, we see them capable of beating Baylor, capable mm-hmm. of beating KU. Like, we, we know it's in there. How stylistically does a team like BYU match up, do you think, for this squad? Well, I think I think K-State has to play physically, and I think they're capable of doing that. But I also think that they really have to do a good job of guarding the three and it's difficult because of their ability to spread you and pass and their threat at the rim. That that's really the deal. I think for K-State, and we can probably talk a little bit about the KU game in a little bit, but I I think a couple of things that helped them get over the hump was, as they got back to being a better rebounding team, they outboarded KU by 10, um, made some threes also, and, and just had shorter stretches of poor play. I think you guys would probably agree with most of that. And then Tyler was pretty special. And and coach says this all the time. Sometimes, you know, the game comes down to just, can you make enough shots? And I I think that will be true too. You you just have to hope that you catch them on a night where they, maybe they make eight or nine as opposed to 13 or 14, which they're capable of doing too. Let's go back to that KU game, Wyatt. Uh, We know the rivalry game. We know the Sunflower Showdown. Um, you know, every single year, every single time these two teams match up, uh, I feel like you can kind of throw the spread out the window because it, you just it's always unpredictable the way that it's going to go down. But the Wildcats got a very impressive win against a, a really talented and top loaded Kansas team. What did you take away from that game and the way that the Wildcats can move forward in conference play? Well, I think it really was a very much needed game uh, when you go into the game on a four game slide. Uh, and find a way to beat the fourth-ranked team in the country, even even if it is at home, it gives you a sense of, hey, we're back on track a little bit. Let's see where we go from here. They're still hoping to be a tournament team. And I think it proves to them, too, that when they're playing it at a good level, they can compete with everybody, anybody and everybody. Um, and, and so I think the practices this week have, have reflected that, that uh, little shot of confidence. Um, and, and you hope you can take that out onto the road. And win or lose Saturday night, you know, there's still, you know, eight games to go plus the tournament. Um, you you got to win your share because they're right there now. It's not a guarantee, obviously, that they get in just because they beat Kansas. There's many people that have said this week that they still have some work to do, and I believe that to be so. But if they can get to near 500 or a little bit better in the league, which will be hard, then I think they've got a shot. For for me, it all comes down to can you take what you did Monday night and, and shortening those segments of, of poor play. They still had too many turnovers. It wasn't perfect. Don't misunderstand. But uh, I, I think it was better. Can they replicate that and, and continue to improve with that uh, through the rest of the regular season and into postseason play? 
Yeah, I think Wyatt, and I'm glad you went there because that's where I was going to go next. I, I, When I look at it, as, as I recall looking at these things every year as far as the tournament goes, Kansas State's problem at the moment is going to be that three te- four teams underneath them have better net rankings. So right. we know historically that the conference doesn't – the, the committees, do, they don't really look at conference standings. We, we see this happen. If you're going to take – whatever it is, 10 Big 12 teams, which is sort of my guess this year, at least nine. The problem for K-State right now is they're still the 10th best team by net rankings, regardless of the fact that they're, you know, I think seventh or whatever it is in the league, and that matters more to the committee. Now, we can I, – I, why they are is above my head, but but we know historically that – if you're outside that top 50 in the net, you're going to have a challenge, especially if you're trying to make a case that the Big 12 is going to send 10 teams or whatever it is. So I don't think it's cozy at all. I know Jerome Tang has said 500 should get you there, but I don't think it's quite that simple for K-State. I, I think it's a little more complicated than just looking at that conference record. Yeah, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's a great point and a great subject to talk about, right? Because if, if you look at some of the projections now, and, and some days I probably put more stock in it than I should, and other days I'm going, eh, I don't, I don't agree with that, or, or whatever, you might, and, and probably everybody's like that. But one thing that comes to mind would be so many have projected, like you said a moment ago, that the Big 12 gets nine in, okay? And they have – Get to counting how many, and again, I use the net because it's one thing that I look at every day, but there are others you, you could look at. But um, there are a boatload of teams uh, in the Big 12 in the top 50 of the net, okay? I use that because you said like the top 50. So they're projecting nine teams to get in. That makes sense. What I don't yeah. understand about that is is that there are, I think, four teams in the SEC that are in the top 50, and yet the projection is when you look at the Joe Lenardi stuff and, and what have you, they get eight in. I want somebody to explain that to me. I, I don't get that. I, I, I don't either. Really but but history says that. And and I think Lenardi's right, don't you? Why? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the way this has gone. So if you're K-State, I, I'm just concerned that it's it's got to be more than just being 500. They're going to have to get that metric better. And the best way to do that is to win big-time games on the road. And they have some opportunities to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they have even to this point, but but you think what what really sticks out is is you had a great chance at Iowa State and didn't. You had a great chance at Texas Tech and didn't. This would help getting this one. But I also think it would help if you could win at Texas or if you could win at Kansas or if you could win at what, you know, we, we the eight games that are left – um, all of those are, are high-level games, but I, I agree with you. They need to get one or two on the road. It, it would certainly help a ton. But if you look what's left, I mean, they, they have at Kansas, at Texas, TCU at home, BYU home and home, Iowa State here. Those are enough games to get you there if you play well enough. But you are. Yeah. You, you guys are right. I mean, you, you're going to you're gonna have to earn it and play your way in. I want to ask you about Tyler Perry going back to the KU game. We, we know his shooting struggles throughout the season and um, you know all of that and, and trying to find his way. He shot the ball pretty well against the Jayhawks. What do you think that does for his confidence level moving forward? 
Well, I'm hopeful that it takes him to a little bit of a different level because this this season has been for him pretty different for a lot of reasons. Uh, just stylistically, they're playing different. I think the expectations for him are different. Not that he wasn't, you know, really well coached at North Texas because clearly he was. But uh, I thought the other night he did kind of take a step forward. Um, and I, I can't explain the difference between first half and second half with him. And I don't think the coaches can either, but you play 40 or 45 minutes and you get, you know, 24, 26 points. I think you probably live with it. Uh, I I think for me, it's again, we always talk a lot about him, whether it's my interview with you or or other guys. Um, He's such a big factor because of his ability to score uh, in a variety of ways. But, but I think K-State is better when those other guys around him are getting something done. And the other night, Kaluma was okay. Cam was really good. Um, I don't know what you guys thought. Uh, this is, may sound a little bit odd, but if you look at Jarrell Colbert's line, he didn't even have a point in the game. But his first nine or ten minutes was some of the best basketball he's played here, and I thought it affected the game early and maybe even late, too. I think they have pieces is what I'm getting at, but they, they all need to take it up a notch, if that makes some sense. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, if they're going to get those kinds of wins, it, it's, you know, we see this here, wide a little bit at a different level with Wichita State, and we say it all the time, like the, the floor and the ceiling are present too often at the same time. I, I mm-hmm. you know, K-State, I think, has a little bit of that too, right? The consistency to get to the ceiling without getting to the floor like you can't lose to Oklahoma State but be capable of beating Kansas right like those are the things I think that have that have challenged this team is that consistency so maybe maybe they're just a streaky team Wyatt and that's the beginning of another hot streak and I do think that's enough right if they if they had a hot streak and then they had that cold stretch well if they get on another hot streak with what's left on the schedule I think that's going to be enough I mean it do you is it is it as simple as this is a streaky team? I, I just don't know where that consistency is going to come from. Well, it's, it's a really good question, honestly. And I think at, at this particular point, you would probably have to say, yes, they have been that. Even if you go back into the non-con, I mean, they played a lot of close games against teams that they probably should have gotten away from a little bit easier, right? W- would you agree with that? And I think your, your point about <laughs> – Losing in Stillwater and then beating Kansas doesn't make a lot of sense, but it did happen. So I do think that they have it in them. I've said this all season long, too, though, and, and this, this is kind of what goes with our team. They're not as explosive as they were a year ago, and the margin of error is smaller. So they do need to be more consistent, especially on the offensive end. I, I've, I felt like for a while now they've been a pretty good defensive team. What's been up and down is the offense, turnovers, and and probably more up than up and down with the turnovers, um, and the rebounding. And, and again, I'll state this: they they don't win that game the other night if they don't rebound like that. They just don't. And so, that um, they need to continue to do that. And it always seems that they're better if it is a point of emphasis. Um, at least that's my uh, perception of it. White, I asked uh, Fitz this yesterday on the show, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it too, because I, I feel like it's you know something that always tends to be 
um, at the top of mind whenever KU and K-State play in the Sunflower Showdown, and that's the historical nature of court storming and, and how that's you know oh, not always happened, but it's happened for a while when these two teams match up. That didn't happen on Monday night. And I think it's a fascinating discussion about the culture that Jerome Tang is building. And we've talked about that, uh, you know, on this show with you before. So I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on, you know, being right there, uh, you know, on press row and, and not having the students storm the court. What did that mean, do you think, for overall the culture of the program and, and, and basketball in general at Kansas State? Well, I, I love the subject because there was a point where I, mark my scorebook and I look up and I see the students starting to come forward or down, however you want to say that. Um, and then I happened to see in my peripheral vision to my left, uh, Jareem Dowling, one of our assistants with his palms up saying, no, 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 stay there. We, we don't want you to do this. Um, <laughs> and I, and I think, um, some have, have, have kind of guessed at this, but if, if the game is ended in, in regulation, they might have come to the floor. Yeah. But because of that happened, I, I think they uh, kind of hung with what the coaches were asking for there. I don't know if you agree with that, if yeah. that sounds crazy, but, but I do think that there was something to it. Um, I visited with Jareem and practiced a little bit about it yesterday. And he, he, he said, and in, in, he said to me, Wyatt, you know this, but coach Tang said last year, multiple times, you know, we're, we're giving them the one, okay? The, the court storming last year was the one they get. We don't want them to do it anymore because the expectation needs to be that when KU comes here, they're going to be in for a, for a fight, and more times than not, we're going to win the game. And I think that's what they're trying to trying to get across there. doesn't mean that it's going to happen 100% of the time, but I, I think you know the fact that K, K-State's beat them twice here uh, in two years with Tang kind of augments, you know, kind of what they're hoping, you know, for for the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to go back to, to your rebounding thing. Just this this sort of stuck with me, Wyatt. If that's going to be okay. so key for them. I, I've never yeah. looked at this team and said, yep, that's going to be a great rebounding team. They don't mm-hmm. feel like they're constructed that way. So – is it gonna? Ha- is it like all attitude, or am I just wrong? I mean, it is physically and, and ability wise, can it be a good rebounding team, or is it gonna have to be something where they open? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. For achieve in that department to be one. That's a good question too, and and I I guess what I would maybe clarify there is is that if you look at games in which they've struggled, and I'm talking about the board work, not necessarily shot making and those kind of things. When they've gotten beat on the boards, it's been pretty handily. And that's what I think they're trying to avoid. I don't think this is a team that's constructed that way. I think you're accurate there. Uh, but but I do think that they're more than capable. Uh, but it, it is about, you know, being technically sound with boxing out and, 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 and playing, you know, the rotation defensively properly and those kind of things. And that's why I think they are capable because they are – more times than not playing good defense, but the Houston game comes to mind. I mean, think about there, there were probably three or four times in the first 15 minutes of that game where Houston gets three and maybe four opportunities in one possession to score. Yeah. I know they're elite that way and especially at home. Uh, but, but you, that just can't happen. You, you've got to be better than that. And I, I think more times than not, um, when when they've really competed on the glass, it's been a pretty competitive game. That's that's all I'm trying to say. I don't think they'll they'll you know it'll it'll be necessarily a, a team strength uh, where they're just outboarding teams like they did the other night by ten. I just I just don't think that'll be the case. I didn't get a chance to uh, ask you a Super Bowl question earlier, so I want to ask mine right now. Uh, so Felix yeah. Anudike Uzama looks like he's going to be able to get some action in the Super Bowl with the injury to Charles Aminahue for the Chiefs. What does that mean having a you know, K-State standout rookie first-round draft pick for Kansas City getting action in the Super Bowl for the overall program and, and Chris Kleiman and what he's doing? I really appreciate the question. I, I, uh, I'm so proud of Felix and what, what he's done, even though it hasn't probably been the rookie year that Chiefs fans have hoped for. But he's playing in one of those positions <laughs> that is pretty difficult. Um, I'm hoping he plays well. Uh, for sure. What does it mean for the program? I, I think you could probably say it, it means a lot on one hand, and 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 if if he just is okay, it'd be all right. You just want him to to make a few plays and be you know pretty technically sound. Uh, but I, I think this year has been trying for him. Um, I, I remember going to camp; he wasn't fully healthy, and I. If I'm being honest, I think he's been a little bit behind all year long, and it is a difficult position to play. But if, if he plays well, uh, who knows what the future brings for him? Because he, he can be an explosive player. He's he's just still learning at that level. I hope that answers it. But yeah. it could mean a lot. I mean, you you have uh, young people in your program going on and playing the NFL like that. It, 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 it certainly helps. All right, Wyatt, we are excited about this one. I, I honestly think that the BYU games may be the best opportunity just because of how much the metrics like them for K-State. Of course, going on the road is going to be tough. You guys will be out there. Yeah. Uh, it's a late game out there. Coverage begins at 8 o'clock here on KFH. What do you guys have in store for us on the broadcast? Well, we, we are going to fly at 9 o'clock tonight, which is a re- really weird. Um, yeah. But uh, we, we do go on the air at 8, tip there at, at 9 o'clock Central Time tomorrow night. And, you know, we'll, we'll have kind of the typical pregame there where you'll hear from Coach Tang and uh, we'll have the, the assistant who has the scout and uh, kind of look at, you know, some of the matchups there. And th- this is a big one. I, I'm, I'm like you. you be, because they're – and I haven't looked uh, 
specifically at where they're ranked in like Ken Palm and the net today. But last time I looked, BYU was like six. So if you could somehow get in there and sneak this one out, man, it would be one for the resume for sure. Um, it'll be difficult, though. They, they play so well. You just have to, like I said before, you have to hope that you don't get them on a night where they're into double-digit made threes because they're so adept at it. I do think K-State is uh, good enough defensively to create some problems for them uh, if, if you know, they can make some shots, compete on the glass, and and be athletic enough to be right in the, in the face of uh, Ali Khalifa all night long. It's interesting with them, and I, I know you're ready to wrap up here, but they, they have three big guys that they use, and Khalifa's missed the last two, but I, I can't stress enough what a good passer he is as a big man. And then uh, for Sini Triori um, and, and the Atiki kid, uh, Atiki's a rim runner. The other guy's just a bull on the, on the block. So they, they have pretty much the three pieces that you'd like to have in their, their five man. <laughs> so they'll, they'll be a tough out. Yeah, I'm excited to see them play. I've not seen them play yet this year, so that'll be exciting too. All right, Wyatt, well, safe travels out there. Enjoy the scenery, uh, and we'll be ready to listen to the call right here on KFH. Appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. It's right there for him. Got to go get another one. I, I, a road win at BYU I would maybe be enough if you get to that 500 spot. We'll see. The metrics love the Cougars. Love them. Have all year. And we'll, you know, I the, the record notwithstanding, they're the second highest net ranked team in the Big 12 right now. Tommy at eight, even despite yeah. a four and five conference record. I mean, the challenge for the Wildcats is to not have a letdown after Monday. And I don't think they will because they've had quite a bit of time, you know, to get yeah, ready for this I, game. I don't think they'll have a letdown, but is a is a good game good enough, I think, yeah. is another answer I don't really have. Uh, let's talk about KU and Wichita State and what they've got coming up this weekend when we return. We'll continue college basketball. We'll get back to Super Bowl talk in the next hour. Don't go away. It's Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.